With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Randy Young provides us with that glimmer of hope. Hey guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day. Joined the Patreon. Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey, Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, We went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in rebuild mode this year. And that's just part of what comes with the Patreon. Uh, Just uh, trade talks, just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football. Uh, Whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even Even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now join the patreon and join uh join a great fantasy football group but more like a fantasy football family and this segment is brought to you by viridianglobal.com and that is the official apparel provider of the dynasty Warzone merch we have our t-shirts over there we have our dad hats we have our jerry nwo themed hats we have hoodies we have Raglan's baseball season just kicking off. A Raglan is a baseball shirt where the body of the shirt is white and the sleeves are different colors. We've got some, some tank tops. We have our new working harder than an ugly stripper t-shirt and so much more. This is the brainchild of myself and our graphics guru, Maddie, aka at Maddie Big Chest on Twitter. We have a ton of styles, and you want to head over there and check everything out. You simply go to Viridian Global, that is V-E-R-I-D-I-A-N Global, ViridianGlobal.com. Search the Dynasty Warzone store, and man, you'll see all the t-shirts, hats, accessories, everything that we have available to you from a merch standpoint. They are a great sponsor, and we recommend you check them out today. That is the group over at viridianglobal.com. Thanks for checking them out. What's happening, guys? Happy Monday, and welcome to the Rookie Rundown, a DWZ Football Network podcast. I am your host, Memphis, and on today's show, we're not going to talk a lot of rookies because my boy, Dallas, is out celebrating his recent graduation. He's out at the lake enjoying Memorial Day with his friends, and I am not flying solo. I did want to get a podcast out, but I do have my brothers from down under. I do have AJ. I do have G, the Aussie guys, at Aussie Guys NFL, and they're going to jump on. We're going to talk some guys whose dynasty stock has risen, some dynasty stock that has fallen due to the events of either free agency or the draft or both. 
And I'm going to dive into that here in a minute when I knock out a couple of pieces of business. First of all, if you're listening to this to, on Monday the 31st, you'll know that this is Memorial Day. That is a holiday that here in the United States we celebrate to honor the members of our United States Armed Forces, both past and present, as well as the current members of the United States Armed Forces. So big shout out to all those men and women who keep us free, have kept us free, or will keep us free. And a big shout out to all of you who have been out giving us reviews on Apple as well as other podcast platforms. We are up to 230 total, 206 on iTunes. And ladies and gentlemen, that means everything to a podcast. That's how we grow. You can't grow a podcast without reviews because when you search Dynasty, the more reviews we have, the higher it pulls us up in the algorithm. So thank you. Subscribing, sharing, rating, reviewing, that's the number one way to help us grow. All of it is free for you. So if you could do that for us, that would be great. And soon, there's going to be something in it for you. Let's talk Scott Fishbowl. Let's talk Scott Fishbowl 11. Now, first of all, Scott Fish, as well as the guys on that team that, that really helped Scott with the largest fantasy football tournament in the world, is you know guys like Ryan McDowell, guys like Sal Lito, Kevin Cotillo, uh, you know, so many more. And John Bosch. I, I know I'm forgetting people because so many people work with and behind the scenes over at Scott Fishbowl to make this thing go. It's an incredible tournament, and it, it, it just, when, when someone says, Scott Fishbowl, what do you think? The first thing I think of is joy, because you see the joy in the participants' tweets when they tweet out a picture of their invite. You see the joy of all the people that Scott and this gang of wonderful, wonderful human beings help every year around the holidays, thanks to the money they raise from the FC Eliminators to the Scott Fishbowl itself. It's just amazing. The Scott Fishbowl Potathon. These guys raise a ton of money. They help a ton of people, and they are truly, truly great individuals. And you know, they they shared that generosity with us. We have a spot to give away here at the DWZ. So how do you get that spot in Scott Fishbowl Eleven? I'm gonna make it real simple for you. Super simple. So if you need to hit pause and go grab a pen and a piece of paper so you can write this down, I'll wait. Okay, cool. You got your pen. You got your paper. Here you go. You go to iTunes or wherever you can rate podcasts and you leave a five-star review and just your Twitter handle or email address. Now you may say to yourself, Memphis, I've already given you one of those 230 reviews. I have read every one of them and I appreciate every one of them, including the one stars, because I appreciate your time to do the review. If you've done one, just go in and edit it. Delete your previous comments and just change it to just your Twitter handle or just your email address. And I will then be able to copy and paste all of those over into a sheet. I will then, once I have all the names collected, I will put them into a prize wheel. We'll spin the wheel on Tuesday, June 9th, live on YouTube, and we'll find out who's going to get the entry into Scottfish Bowl 11. So there's one way. You can go to iTunes, you can leave us, a, or again, any podcast platform, and leave us a five-star, and just Twitter handle, or just your, your email address if you're not on social media, or you can go to YouTube, subscribe with notifications turned on, 
I'll get an alert that you're a new subscriber. I will then also add you. So you can get one entry for a review, one entry for a YouTube subscription with notifications turned on, or you can get both. Yes, you can enter twice. Twice is nice. And remember, we're doing the drawing in about, as you're listening to this, about eight days. So get on it. Get over to YouTube. Get over to iTunes. Get over to wherever you can rate, review, share, and subscribe to the show. And get entered to win a spot in Scott Fishbowl 11. One lucky winner will be drawn on Tuesday the 9th. And a couple last things before I jump into the body of the show. We obviously have a Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. We're in the middle of drafting Patreon 11 via auction. Now, I will say this is the funnest startup I've done all year. Because not only am I doing it with our patrons, but we're doing it auction style and we're having a lot of fun. A big shout out to Neil Gray for continuing to monitor and help keep this thing moving along. It would probably take till the start of the regular season if it was not for Neil. So check out patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone if you're looking for a, a safe space to play some Dynasty Leagues, to, to meet similar-minded people who want to talk fantasy football and Dynasty fantasy football every day, that know the importance of volume, that know the importance of value, and know that you can get all of it for only 5 bucks a month. Hell, that's barely a gallon of gas in California. So the price is right, the people are right, and we can help you get your Dynasty life right over at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. I got one last small piece of business before we get into the show. That's my man Matt over at Hate Brand Goods. Now, if you've not followed Matt, I highly suggest it. He's at I-H-V-I-I-I, I hate Matt Vincent on Instagram. He doesn't do much on Twitter. He's an incredibly motivating guy. He recently ran an ultra marathon in Bryce Canyon with a replaced knee. My man had a knee replacement and he was still able to go out and motivate himself to go do this. He's got an incredible message. He's an incredible guy. I like his podcast. His podcast is called Um So. Uh, a lot of interesting non-football stuff. If you're into fitness and just just life, man, and motivational stuff. And he's got a clothing line, and it's Hate Brand Goods. That's H-V-I-I-I, the hate, dot com. And a lot of sweet stuff, man. Uh, premium joggers just came out. Some summer joggers. Uh, the goat shorts. I'll be wearing those on Monday as I participate in the Murph. The Murph is my favorite workout of the year. I'll try to do my best to post some pictures of me doing the Murph on Instagram. And uh, I'm going to go get AJ&G after a quick word from our friends over at Hate Brand Goods. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Have a great holiday. Have a great week. We'll be back on Wednesday to talk more Dynasty Fantasy Football. All right. I'm going to take a second time out and do a little word for our friends over at Hate Brand Goods. Now, this is the home of the goat shorts. If you go to Hate Brand Goods, that is the H-V-I-I-I.com and just search their goat shorts. Those are the bomb. You see so many people right now on Twitter tweeting hashtag FF Fit Club. When you see me tweet that, the shorts that I am wearing are hate brand goat shorts. They've got floral, they've got unique designs in the goat shorts, 
as well as, you know, they have your basic black and, and some solid colors in there too, as well as other stuff, man. They've got joggers. They've just released a new tie-dye collection and so much more. And what is Hate Brand Goods? Hate Brand Goods is the apparel company of Matt Vincent. Matt is a former two-time world champion in the Highland Games. That's the Scottish Highland Games. And he was a collegiate thrower at LSU. He's also one of the most unique people to follow on Instagram because he's a really, really good dude. And he's helping people get fit in his own unique way. One of the personal go-tos of me personally. So if you stick around at the end of this podcast, just as we go off the air, there'll be a little you know, minute or two of, of Matt telling us about the meaning behind hate brand. And if you go to thehviii.com, and use promo code MEMPHIS, that's MEMPHIS at checkout, you will save some money if you purchase anything. Again, the goat shorts, the joggers, the t-shirts, the unique collections. If you're looking for something really cool to rock this spring and summer, look no further than hatebrand.com. All right, and here they are, two of my absolute favorites from anywhere in the world. They just happen to be from the land down under. It is my boys, the NFL at Aussie Guys NFL, AJ and G. Welcome back to the show. Hey, hey, how are you going? Great, right, man. Memphis, man. thanks for having me. I always call you Randis, which people go, what the hell are they talking about? It's, it's, it's trailer park, it's, boys. It is, it is. It's, it's been what you've called me since Sheps. I mean, we can just, that's not a dirty word here. Since, <laughs> since the, the, the days of Sheps, it's from the, uh, the American, I think it's an American TV show. Yes. Trailer Park Boys, and there's a, a character named Sweet Sweet Randers, and that's what you guys have affectionately <laughs> called me for years. I've known you guys for over four years, and uh, we've been doing this Sunday show for a while. You guys know it as the Rookie Rundown. We might talk about a rookie or two. I don't know, but we are going to talk about some guys who uh, who have had their Dynasty stock rise and Dynasty stock fall. Thank you guys for jumping on with me while my normal co-host Dallas is out gallivanting around celebrating his graduation from grad school. We're very proud of him. He's like a brain surgeon. Like really like like some kind of super smart, highly educated uh young man. He's out, you know, having some fun with his buddies at the I love the two guys you have on now. Well, I, I know I know AJ happens to be highly intelligent. He's got uh, all the things on the wall. He, he runs a very prestigious wow. school for, for children in the Australia area. She, on the other hand, uh, well, well, we'll get into that in the body of the show. But what's been going on with you guys, man? I'll start with AJ. AJ, what's been going on with you and uh, the Aussie guys? Uh, you know, not a whole, not a hell of a lot. We're back in lockdown here in Melbourne, um, as those in Victoria will know, and it's. Hopefully, touch wood, um, a short lockdown, although the list of exposure sites is quite large, so we just have to see. <laughs> Who knows? But otherwise, it's just sort of been business as usual, and I've been just kind of enjoying the teaching year, and I think most people here just kind of enjoying a slice of uh, life that's pretty much back to normal, or it was back to normal. Uh, but nothing, besides that, nothing very exciting. Hard to say, but <laughs> well, that's a very, very nice Chargers hat for those watching on YouTube or live on Twitter. He is wearing. It looks like that was an original San Diego Chargers hat. Oh uh, uh, no, it, no, it, oh, actually, it might have been uh, late, late, very late. It, it probably was, uh, you know, the year before they left. Um, I do have a Herbert jersey in the mail. 
Man, <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. I was talking to uh, Will, Will Harris from Viridian Global, our apparel sponsor, and he said he was packaging up a list of things to get to an Australian depot to get some of our merchandise out to some of our fans in Australia. Uh, speaking of our merchandise, a guy who's been helping me work on some really sweet new designs. I've got to get some kind of special file. I don't know. I don't speak nerd, but this guy does, and, and he does a lot of these sweet uh, shirts. We've got the Fantasy Sniper shirt coming. We've got some other themed shirts coming. Uh, this guy is Mr. G of the Aussies. G, now, now, now you on the other hand, now you on the other hand, you had had a wrist injury from a bicycling accident. You were just getting ready to go back to work, and now you're back in lockdown. How are you yeah. holding up? <laughs> Mate, I, I tell you, it's it's quite a weird thing. Like at first, I'm a, I'm a I have to do something all the time. It's just it's just my nature as a person. And the first couple of days after I broke, I broke one bone in my thumb four times in four. It split into four. Uh, I had a what is it? A displaced fracture and three chip bones all in one hand. So I did a good job. So if you're going to do things, do it properly. Um, and uh, yeah, but I tell you, mate, by the end of eight weeks, I sort of got into the. I don't mind this stay at home sort of deal. This is good. <laughs> this is good. But uh, yeah, went back to work for one week and then we're in lockdown. So uh, yeah, I, I needed a rest after that first week back. But yeah, mate, talking about the uh, the tops and and the designs of that, mate, I'm looking forward to that royalty check every month coming now, Randers. Hey, man, you got to help me promote it. There is no royalties <laughs> if there is no sales. That's how this works. You know, okay. it's, not, it's not it's not step one design shirt. Step two profit. <laughs> There's some work in between yeah. that, 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 that that we're going to get on to. But uh, the work we're going to get on to tonight was we're going to talk about some. You know, the the smoke is settled. The dust is, you know, cleared, if you will. I think I got those backwards. But it is what it is. We know where the rookies have landed. We know where the free agents have landed. And some guys have to go up your dynasty ranks. Some guys have to go down. So let's start. Let's end the show on a high note. We'll talk about some guys that were high on. I'm going to kick it back to G. G, who was a guy that, in light of everything that happened during the the offseason, because the offseason is basically over. The next time we see our favorite NFL teams are going to be in mini camp and then they're going to be in they're going to be in regular camp so g take it away okay mate. well i was going to bring all positive to the show but then he texted me this morning and said like I, I, we have to have the yin yang we have to have the negative as well uh, i didn't want to bring negative to the show because it, there's so much of that in, in melbourne at the moment but let's go with the positive and mate i'm i tried not to go for the for the also obvious, and I think AJ will have done similar. Um, it's how we roll. Um, but Darnell Mooney, I think, is is a guy that I like based on what we saw last year. Um, he's on a team with, let's face it, it's a pretty shallow wide receiving room, and one of those guys would probably be traded, Nathan Miller. I think they just want to move on from him at some stage. So it puts him at number two uh, on the depth charts behind Alan Robinson, obviously. Um, they didn't take a receiver until the till the sixth round, and that's Daz Newsom. Uh, and, and he's he's more of a slot guy. Uh, so the biggest the biggest reason he's a winner is because they improved the quarterback position. You know, with with a with a guy in Justin Fields that some people had, you know, a lot of experts had as like the number two quarterback in this in this uh, draft field so you take 
you add quarterback, you take bad quarterback play away. Um, the, the guy who's now throwing the ball, Justin Fields, finished second after his college uh, – well, what would you call it? His college – um, career, his career, career, yeah, career. It's okay, so short, but yeah, who was second in twenty-yard bombs, um, and thirty near yards at seventy-one point two percent. So, mate, you got a guy that, that's not afraid to throw the ball downfield, who can throw the ball downfield and can hit his target, um, which is Daniel Mooney hasn't had in, in his first season. I, I think if you go back and have a look at the tape, which I did, mate, there was a lot of times it was open and balls were overthrown. Um, so I, I just think Daniel Mooney all around. I think the whole offense now uh, in Chicago has is is on, on an upward spiral. Uh, if you if you believe in what Justin Fields can do, um, do you and think that's Justin Fields take into account? Yeah, not trying to cut you off, but do you think Justin right. Fields is, is the week is the week one starter in Chicago, or do you believe? Because I've I've heard some theories floated out there that. Uh, that Ryan, yeah, well, that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy want to get the the season off to a start with and with uh, Andy Dalton because mm-hmm. they they see Justin Fields as the thing that saves their job there in Chicago yes. and and you know if they they let him sit on the bench for a while then it'll extend them at least another year. I don't. It's just a theory, but my larger question is: Do you see him as the week one starter, or do you see him coming in mid season in relief? I've read exactly the same thing. You're probably right. You probably will find that Andy Dalton will start the season. But this is this is dynasty we're talking here, isn't it? So this is long term. So this is a long term view for me. Um, and if you, if you look at what Dana Mooney has already done uh, in his in his rookie season, he he's had the most receptions by a late round picked up uh, rookie because he was taken 173rd in the draft. That, that's the most since uh, Marquise Colston in 2006. And there's only four guys ahead of him in the last three seasons that have had more receptions by a rookie, and they are Chase Claypool, T. Higgins, Justin Jefferson, and C.D. Lamb. So, And that's with bad quarterback play. So I think if you want to go and grab someone, I think he'd be pretty reasonably priced. Uh, Memphis, you could probably go and get him up um, or just bundle him in there somewhere and just uh, ask whoever you're asked to get him, put him as part of the package. Um, you could probably lose him in there somewhere. Yeah, de- definitely a guy that uh, I, I think is on the up. And you've got to remember last year too, which has been a lot for the rookies last year, is they had he had no OTAs, he had no mini camp, and he had no preseason. So uh, I, I think it's all just positive. And Allen Robinson is on his second franchise tag. And yes. the odds of him getting a third are not very good. So he could be going into, again, you mentioned this is Dynasty. He could be going into 2022 as the only real receiver outside of maybe Cole Komet that's had any reps with with Justin Fields as the quarterback. So I, I think that's a great call. Now, AJ, what do you think about Mr. Darnell Mooney? And then who's a guy that you're either up or down on? Uh, love the Daniel Mooney pick. That is brilliant. Um, very high on the possibilities in Chicago. And uh, we know a Bears fan should be pretty happy with uh, with the, the Justin Fields move. Um, 
I'm going to I'm going to give you uh, actually I'm you know I, I guess you've got some Randy as well and uh, I'm going to play the draft game here and try and snipe you on one because my other one I'm betting you don't have so I might snipe you on MPJ MPJ who Randy is. MPJ, oh, um, uh, peep, I'm thinking of DP, I'm thinking Donovan people. Who am I missing here? Michael Pittman Jr. Oh, I did. All right, you, you got me with the junior. <laughs> I, 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 listen, I, I'm here for it. I, I'm here for it. The Colts need a, a breakout presence. And as much as I like T.Y. Hilton, and as, as interesting as I think Paris Campbell could be, we need someone in MPJ. Tell me your thoughts on Michael Pittman. Well, he's he seems to be in looking at startup ADP this off season and just also just generally what's happening in the trade market, etc. He's not getting a lot of respect, although it's building. It is building, I would say. And I'm trying to get as many shares of Michael Pittman as I possibly can because I think once the season kicks off, then I his ADP is going to go through the roof and it's going to be well nigh impossible. Look, he's the number one in that offense. He's the X guy. I mean, Ty's best days are behind him. There's no doubt there. Obviously, he's an, an upgrade. Uh, Carson Wentz over old man Spaghetti Arm Phil Rivers, who obviously I have you know a ton of respect for myself. But you know he was done, and he just couldn't uh, you know he couldn't feed someone like Michael Pittman. Um, they didn't sign a free agent wide receiver. Uh, which is a big rubber stamp of approval from Frank Reich in Michael Pittman. And Frank Reich did say after the 2020 draft that he thought that Michael Pittman was the best wide receiver in the draft. They did pick him before JT as well. Um, you know, his, his competition target, I mean, will be TY, but as I said, I think TY is, uh, you know, he's in the twilight of his career and probably Naheem Hines. And then but beyond that, uh, there's not a lot of competition for targets. I mean, I'm actually a big rap for Mo Ali Cox kind of stepping up, but old man Jack Doyle, forget about. Um, and Paris Campbell, who is a bit of an unknown, I kind of like him, but, uh, you know, that's it. That's it. We're talking about the backfield. We're talking about JT and Hines. And then we're talking about TY and Paris Campbell, and then big question marks at tight end. I mean, Mo Alley probably in the end zone a little bit, but that's it. And we're talking about also a quarterback in Carson Wentz who can definitely hit an X receiver without any trouble. Um, I think it's a recipe for success. And I, I looked at his Fantasy Pros ADP, and I, it, it's got to be wrong. It's got to be wrong. They actually have him as wide receiver 62 um, with – the likes of Nikhil Harry, Brashad Perriman ahead of him, which is ridiculous. That's a, that's an error. Um, and players just behind him. Hunter Renfro was 63. Curtis Samuel was 64. Mind you, I think Curtis Samuel deserves more respect than that as well. Um, but that's just ludicrous. So you can expect him to jump 20, 30 spots, I think, once the season really gets underway. And I was looking uh, while while you were giving us the breakdown on Pittman. Uh, I was looking at the Frank Reich offense with three years uh, of being the head coach and the play caller. You know, the first year with Andrew Luck, over 600 pass attempts. Two years ago, with an impromptu season of Jacoby Brissett, about 550. 
and last year with Uncle Phil Rivers just over 550. And so you can see the volume, and you're right. It's really, it's someone's going to emerge as the volume hog in Indianapolis. And uh, I was listening to, uh, I want to give proper credit, it was the Roto Underworld, one of the Matt Kelly podcasts, and he had on Matt Harmon, famous for Reception Perception. And he hit him with, do you prefer Paris Campbell or Michael Pittman? And his response was Michael Pittman, and it didn't sound like it was remotely close. And Matt Harmon's got a pretty good track record of picking out uh, picking out breakout wide receivers. You know, his most famous one was Allen Robinson. And I, I hope he's correct. I hope they both break out, to be honest. Similar draft capital, both second-round NFL picks. Uh, but I, I want to jump over to one of my guys. And one of my guys is one of your guys. Now, it feels like we, we planned this behind the scenes. You know, AJ's pumping up a Colt. I'm a Colts fan. I am going to take my turn, and I'm going to go a little bit bigger name. And the guy that I have is Justin Herbert. So in my rankings, I've been doing rankings over at, and by the way, rankings are a labor of love. And because I love our patrons, I do rankings for our patrons. Because it takes, if you want to do them the way that I think they deserve to be done, it takes a long time. It really does. And I have Justin Herbert as my QB3 in a startup. So if your name is not Patrick Mahomes and your name is not Josh Allen, then I don't have you ahead of Justin Herbert. I mean, just so much stuff. I mean, he set like all the rookie records last year. Uh, Didn't even play an entire game. And his first game was due to a punctured lung that shouldn't have been a punctured lung because of uh, a needle. And uh, it's a weird story. But, you know, they improved the offensive line. They they brought over uh, Pro Bowl guard. And Corey Lindsley, they drafted Rashawn Slater in the first round. That was a great addition. And they, they did lose uh, Hunter Henry, but they did add Jared Cook, who's going to be a nice bridge to a guy that in tight end premium, by the way, side note that I'm stashing. I am stashing Trey, McQuitt- Trey McKitty, easy for me to say, Trey McKitty, tight end out of Georgia, uh, not Donald Parnum. I know a lot of people are, have been talking Donald, Donald Parnum, but I believe that Trey McKitty could be the bridge. And I just, I, I like this offense, and I know people are concerned with the defensive-minded Brandon Staley. He's only been a coach in the NFL for a handful of years. But, but, I, I, I love Brandon Staley. I think he's an incredibly intelligent guy. And he played quarterback at the University of Dayton. And it's, it's for those reasons that I, I think Justin Herbert is just going to take a, a huge leap. And by the way, another guy that I like, it's, it's the small thing is Josh Palmer out of the University of Tennessee. Again, they continue to surround him. Now, hold on. I'm going to let G jump in. For those of you watching on YouTube or on uh, Twitter, you can see that that G wanted to talk a minute. I said Josh Palmer. And I got – go ahead. I I, I think AJ is wanting maybe this guy to end up – Julio. Oh, he wants Julio. (laughs) Now now I see what you were doing in the video with the two face. I thought you were telling me I was number one. I thought he was telling me I was number one twice. I, I misunderstood. Uh, G, G I'll, I'll ask you, one, what what would you think if uh, one of your favorites, Not we're not going to talk much Falcons tonight, but what are you going to do if one of your favorites lands in L.A. with Justin Herbert? And we're talking about Julio, obviously. Look, I, I, I'll be, I, I've got to the point now where, you know, a 32-year-old wide receiver, the Falcons are going nowhere just – you know, if he leaves, he goes, and if we can get something for it, that's great. 
because we've just got to look towards the future. But you did mention Josh Palmer. And I, I like Josh Palmer. AJ actually texted me after he was drafted saying, who the hell is Josh Palmer? But I, I think he's a I think he's a great addition to um, and it's only going to help uh, Justin Herbert for sure. Um, he, he's a outside guy. Um, he, he's physical. I, I, he's very switched on. Um, if you go look at some of his highlights, I, I mentioned uh, in our in our rookie chat with uh, Matt Warman, one of the things I liked about him is that he went up for a ball. And he had so much awareness of where he was on the ground that he actually turned his ankle so his toes pointed in so when he landed, he wouldn't be out of bounds. It's just if that's going on inside your head, why are you trying to catch a ball? Uh, it just shows a good level of intelligence. But, yeah, I, I really like the uh, Justin Herbert one, uh, Randers, and especially AJ for a guy that was very upset when he was drafted by the Chargers. It's amazing how things can turn around so quickly, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, AJ. Tell, I mean, obviously. So I want to hear your story. So, so you were a little bit bummed when they initially took Herbert. Now you have to be loving life. You talked about you've got a Herbert jersey heading heading from the states to you. Um, how are your feelings about Herbert now versus maybe twelve months ago? Oh well, you know it's a no brainer. Obviously, um, they lucked out. They they hit the jackpot on on Herbert. And you know, look, drafting a quarterback is a tough game for an NFL GM. It's a, it can, can be a coin toss. Uh, you know, I, I must admit to not being necessarily, and, you know, not that I've got a great eye for quarterback play, but I wasn't necessarily very impressed with Justin Herbert in college. Um, and, you know, I had sparkles in my eyes for tour, <laughs> and I wanted that tour, tour excitement, that travelling circus to come down to L.A., uh, and I thought that that would have been a brilliant PR move as well. But I mean, there's nothing better. There's no better PR move than to have a rookie like Justin Herbert. Let's be frank. I mean, it's you just that the tour was like that shiny new toy. But um, and I still believe in Tua. But you know, obviously, how can you not be happy with with Justin Herbert? He's been just a fantastic pickup. I was listening to Greg Cosell, and if you if you love film grinding, Greg Cosell's like the godfather of modern NFL film grinding, and he was talking about that if Justin Herbert was in this class with Trevor Lawrence, he's like it would be a hard selection for a lot of GMs in the NFL, knowing what we know today. That's how high that uh, a guy that I have a lot of respect for his game has Justin Herbert, and, and until and. I obviously think highly of him as well because I have him ahead of Herbert. Now, Dak, by the way, Dak continues to be my four. I'm not going to get too deep in the rankings, but but I think L.A. has got a very bright future, and I think this defense is going to be nasty. I just I cannot wait to see what happens in the AFC West, and if for some reason, by some miracle, I don't think it'll happen, I really don't, but if for some reason Aaron Rodgers lands in Denver, man, you're going to have Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers in the AFC West. And uh, you'd have to love that if you're in the NFC. But we've talked about some guys that were high on. Gee, do you have a uh, you have a guy who's uh, maybe dipping in your rankings just a little bit? Sam, gee, you're muted. Oh, am I? Yeah, you oh, were. Okay. You're good. You're good. Uh, he muted himself. He's pulling a jitter. <laughs> All right. <laughs> am, I, am I good? Am I good? 
Okay, okay. So we're going to switch. Are we, are we going to come back to uh, a positive after a negative? Oh, beautiful. All right. So, mate, I'm going to put I'm going to put three guys in a bundle for a negative, and the three wide receivers. And the reason they're all bundled together is the fact that the same thing has happened to all three guys on on different. Probably on different levels, but basically the same thing. And these are guys that the team acquired a well-known receiver, and they also went and drafted one high. So those three guys are Sterling Shepard, Jamison Crowder, and Christian Kirk. So obviously the Giants say they the acquisition was Kenny Golladay, and they went and drafted Kadarius Tony. Uh, for Jamison Crowder, it was um, Corey Davis and Elijah Moore, and for Christian Kirk, it was Rondell Moore and AJ Green. So three guys whose stock has dropped and have done exactly the same thing, which is incredible. But, um, yeah, Shepard's going to be hurt by the fact that with with Galladay there, uh, it's not only Galladay, they also went and got Dante Pettis, who was high on, but it's just they're bringing more and more receivers and, got, and pass catches in, into the Giants to give Daniel Jones as much opportunity as they can. So someone has to pay the price of not getting the not getting the ball. So you still got um, Evan Ingram there, obviously. You still got Darius Slayton there. So that wide receiver room is just getting pretty full, and that can only hurt um, the limited amount that Sterling Shepard was getting anyway. Is going to be reduced again. And look, is he a top flight guy? We'll, we'll know, but. Mate, your roster's made up of one, you know, number ones, number twos, number threes, and you you all need them to do something for you. So um, Sterling Shepard's hurt. Jamison Crowder, well, mate, he was the only guy on, on the Jets' offence, uh, and he's going to be hurt now, obviously, with Corey Davis, but he might be in there for pass blocking more than for, – for run blocking more than, more than anything else because he seemed to do a fair bit of that when he was uh, at the Titans. Um, and then – he plays out of the slot and they go and grab uh, Elijah Moore. And and that's that's his gig. That's what he does. That's that's pretty much all he does. Um, you've got a new coaching staff there, obviously, as well. You're going to have the second-year breakout of um, Denzel Memes, fingers crossed. Um, you also They also brought in a running back who's a pass catcher in, in, in Michael Carter. Um and the fact also too is that he's got a salary cap hit this year of eleven million bucks. So he, there's a, there might be a chance he might not even be on the team come the start of the season because um, that's they're in the rebuilding stage as well. Uh, and the third guy obviously is Christian Kirk, who I was never a fan of coming out anyway. He's got those little T Rex arms, um, which is really weird for a guy that plays on the outside. Um, and you've got the acquisition of AJ Green, obviously the outside guy. You've already got. Um, Hopkins there, and then they go and draft uh, Rondell Moore with the 49th overall pick. And we all know that you know, Cliff Kingsbury, he wants to scheme up things. He wants players running everywhere. Um, so someone's going to have to miss out. So it's, obvious, it's going to be between Christian Kirk and also um, uh, who's the other little short dude there? Um, they're all short in, in Arizona. Isabella? And, uh, and, and Isabella. Isabella. And Isabella. So, um, yeah, so... It's just another it's another crowded back, um, wide receiving room in uh, in Arizona, and I just think Christian Kirk's going to be the guy who's going to get hurt 
by the acquisitions that they've made. Well, the, the name that you talked about there was Kadarius Tony and the Giants, and, and I know people like to make fun of the clapper. I, I know we do, um, but I'm sitting here looking at Jason Garrett's offenses, and he has been outside of the years that uh, Tony Romo was injured. His offenses in points per in in the points on the season were in the top half of the league, including the year where he was second in points, second in points, seventh, seventh, sixth, seventh. So there is some fantasy upside in New York. Now, do I think Sterling Shepard is going to get any of it? Probably not. You, you kind of see the blueprint of what they're doing in New York. They want Kenny Galladay to play that Dez role on the outside. Mm-hmm. They want, you know, Saquon Barkley to play that DeMarco Murray role. But Dez, what I didn't even include, catching balls out of the backfield too. Yeah, and, and then, and then, then yeah. don't forget that, I mean, he's not going to suck up a lot of volume, but any volume he does suck up is going to come at someone's expense. It's going to be Kyle Rudolph. And Kyle Rudolph plays that old man Jason Witten role. So it's not like he's not trying to recreate what's worked before. That's what coaches tend to do. Very few coaches have a, have a, new, uh, have a new wrinkle. Some do. Uh, AJ, I'm going to throw it back to you. What do you think about some of the guys that, that G talked about? And then who's a the guy maybe you're a little down on after the uh, the offseason? Yeah, so so instead of one faller, G gives you three. <laughs> and I did have Sterling Shepard written down. But they, they, they had to bundle it all together because it's just weird. They had all the same reasons why they were dropping. Or no, some no, of them might even disappear. They are, all, they are all brilliant. Although the one thing that I did say to G um, – because we were having a chat before this, is, you know, I sort of sneakily like Jamison Crowder because I think that he is definitely getting cut. And he's a talented guy and he's cheap as chips. And he could land somewhere that that spikes his value. Well, he he may also not, but sometimes that's the kind of chance that you have to take in, in fantasy football, right? So you can go and acquire him for super cheap I think he's 27 years old. He's a young, youngish guy. He feels around like he's been around for like 500 yeah. years. Well, it feels that way. Yeah, 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 that's right. He's super productive. He doesn't get any respect. If he ran out this season with gray hair, it wouldn't surprise me. That's how long it feels he's been around for. And, you know, I'm not saying that he could land in a Green Bay or an L.A. Chargers uniform or something. You Or, or Chiefs. Or add him into the Chiefs' offense. Crowder lands a play in a place like that. His ADP is going to go through the absolute roof, and you would have paid next to nothing for him. And, and there's a there's a there's a handful of spots like that. Like the the Chiefs, that's a great call because outside of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, there's nothing behind those guys. And, and it I'm ain't trying, Nicole Hardman, I'm telling you now. Hey, Cole Hardman, maybe maybe he fires, but I doubt that he ever does. I want him to, but. It, it's it's a very shallow it's a very yes. shallow room so so who was your guy AJ now you he mentioned some guys who who are some of your guys okay so well he he mentioned Sterling Shepard I had him written down so I'll go go to my next one um, so I wrote down Logan Thomas now he is a guy who he has got a fair bit of buzz around him this year obviously he came. Uh, a little bit out of left field last season and ended as the tight end six, which is not, you know, it, that's I'm not taking anything away from Logan Thomas, but, hey, it's not that hard to finish tight end six, but he did. Uh, it, it, but it was a volume-based thing. It was He got a ton of volume, 
he actually had 110 targets. He had the third highest amount of targets. Um, now, the, the target share has, has increased, uh, and target share, the, the target competition has increased. Um, obviously, you've got Terry McLaurin and, and Gibson there. But, you know, adding Curtis Samuel, obviously you've got an upgrade in Fitz, Fitzmagic, and we know that that's, yeah, obviously it's an upgrade. Uh, Dewami Brown, who is a talented rookie that they drafted, uh, they've got the return, I mean, you can snigger, but they've got the return of Kelvin Harmon. And I'm just sort of saying, you know, there are, there are more pieces in this offense than you necessarily think of. Um, but Logan Thomas was actually really inefficient. I wrote down 26th fantasy points per route run and 24th in fantasy points per target. He was super inefficient. He's he also was a quarterback, so he's had a bit of a strange road to tight end. And he's thirty years old, which also is something else from a dynasty perspective that people don't realize. Um, now that that Washington defense is legit. That's a top five defense there, and I just don't see him necessarily getting the volume. I just don't think he's he he's. Targets is definitely going to regress. Um, and also there's a lot more competition there, so I think he's going to plunge. Now, I'm not saying uh, if you've got him, sell him necessarily, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't be sort of doing anything to acquire him. You know, I, I, I like Logan Thomas, but you mentioned a couple of things. One, how many of those 100-plus targets that he got last year were the byproduct of the coaching staff calling that? as a play for Logan Thomas, or was it just the fact that he operated closer to the line of scrimmage and that's what Alex Smith felt comfortable throwing? You know, it's the same thing with J.D. McKissick and all the volume that, that he saw. But what does this offense look like with, again, Deami De- Brown? You know, obviously Terry McLaren, that's my guy, goes without saying. And they did bring in Curtis Samuel, who also operates in that short to intermediate area, like a Logan Thomas. And then they want to get Antonio Brown, who was a wide receiver in college. They want to get him more involved in the passing game. That volume is going to come at someone else's expense. And I, I think you're right. I think Logan Thomas. And, 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 and don't forget that, that tight ends can appear one year and magically disappear the next. We call that the Gary Barnage corollary. So I, 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 I am going to jump into to my guy. I want a little bit bigger. And uh, for me, one of my biggest uh, guys who took a hit in value, and again, it's just preseason, guys. Uh, things can change. I update these rankings all the time over at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. But for me, it's DeAndre Swift. For me, DeAndre Swift was my RB6 going into this uh, this offseason. And he comes out as my RB11. Now, that's still an RB1, So, and I still have him ahead of Miles Sanders, Derrick Henry, Clyde Edwards-Elair, Zeke, ETN, and Dobbins. So I still have him plenty high. My concerns is I don't like what I've seen to date with his usage. I don't like how his new offensive coordinator always used Austin Eckler. That's the role we want to see you know, DeAndre Swift in, is the 2019 version of Austin Eckler where he finished as a top five back. And I think that's completely within the range of outcomes for DeAndre Swift because of the PPR upside. But I don't like the fact that there are currently six running backs under contract on the Lions and they're kicking tires on Todd Gurley. 
again, I don't trust the, 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 I do like the offensive line upgrade. So for right now, now if we see some camp video and we see some camp footage, I update, I update my rankings all the time. So for, for me, it's, it's not so much, I don't like the player guys. It's, and it's the same thing. I'll, I'll just kind of lump this into a, a Jalen Hurts conversation as well. Part of this for me is a, is a serious lack of confidence in how I think this coaching staff is going to use him. In both cases, with Swift and with Hurts, we've got a rookie coaching staff. So all the numbers that you want to throw at me from last year mean two things, jack and shit. Because I don't know what a Dan Campbell and an Anthony Lynn offense is going to look like. I don't know what a Nick Sirianni offense, offense and a Shane Steichen offense is going to look like. In Philadelphia, I don't know. And for me to sit here and pretend like I do would be dishonest. And I don't trust the front office because it's not like they won't go out and re-sign Adrian Peterson and side Todd Gurley and, and do everything else under the sun. So this is a little bit less about DeAndre Swift, DeAndre Swift's talent, and more about I want to see what they're going to do with him in in Detroit, Rock City. Gee, what do you got, man? I, I see you shaking your head. I see you agreeing. So what, what do you oh, have on DeAndre? No, no, I, I do agree. I just don't want it to happen. I, I, I want him to keep moving forward because I have a lot of shares in DeAndre Swift. So I'm I've been purely speaking from a, you know, from my own biased uh, Selfishly. You're, you're being selfish. Yeah, so you can be yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, it's not, it's uh, not no. a talent issue. No, it's not a talent issue at all. But we, 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 yeah, we just we don't know what this whole team is going to look like at all. Like I, I, I have a guy here that that's a positive in in Jonathan Adams. Now he's an undrafted free right. agent, and he just rocks straight into into Detroit. And mate, that that wide receiving room is terrible. Hey, so if, if you're ready to talk about a positive guy, just go into it, especially if it ties into Detroit. Oh no, I didn't. I got another guy here, mate. That I want to talk about, and I've been on on this guy's. I'm actually been driving this guy's train uh, since, since he came to the NFL, and that's Irv Smith. So we've seen the departure of of, of Kyle Rudolph now, which is probably twelve months too late, um, mate. We've seen in small glimpses the talent that Irv Smith has, and I've always compared him, not just because the similar size, but the way that they play the football is. If you can get the 2015 Jordan Reed out of Irv Smith is what I think Irv Smith is, um, you're going to miss – if you don't get on it now and the season starts, you're going to find that his price is going to go up and you've you've missed the boat. Now, you got to remember, too, that year, 2015, who was um, Reed's quarterback? Kirk Cousins. Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk. So if, if you look at what Smith has done in the, in the small amount of time that we've seen, he's only dropped two catchable balls in two years. Now, like he, he hasn't been being hit with you know, 100 targets a game, granted, but his efficiency is incredible. Um, in the last four games of the season that Rudolph was out, if you correlate that to an entire season, he would have ended up with 60 catches 732 yards and 12 TDs, which would have put him third amongst tight ends. Now, that's that's the upside of what Irv Smith can give you. Now, they have a Adam Phelan and they have what we've seen now of Jefferson, great wide receivers. 
They need that third one. Zimmer's under the pump. If they don't make the playoffs this year, I think he, he might be looking for a new job. So the offense has to get moving along. And I believe that Irv Smith is the guy that can help him take that next step up. Um, what else have I written down here? If you look at Kirk Cousins, last year, which surprised me, he was the fourth in attempts to tight ends last year. And he was second in air yards to that position. And this is a very athletic tight end that you're picking up here. So, And then you throw in the fact that they now have um, the son of throw the ball everywhere, um, Gary Kubiak's son in Clint, run the offense. So I think you're going to find that the ball's going to be in the air a bit more than it's on the ground. And getting away from that Kevin Stefanski sort of style offense. Well, I think you saw that last year. And I think part of that was also based on the fact that the the defense was a little bit more uh, less good. They were not good in 2020. Uh, they had a lot of young guys on the defense in Minnesota. But I, I do think part of that could be the offense. And the numbers that I like about your boy Irv Smith, because I was doing a little research as you were chatting him up, I like the fact that his yards per route run went from 8.6 as a rookie to 12.2 as a sophomore and his yards per target went from 6.6 to 8.5. So they're clearly wanting to use him more in that intermediate range. And there is no slot receiver in in Minnesota. I mean, obviously, Thielen and Jefferson can both play the slot. They can play all three wide receiver positions, quite honestly. But I really see Irv the kind of guy that will play that almost like a, a big slot receiver. He's, he's big for a receiver, but he's not big for a tight end. He's 6'2", 240. He's not a monster like Gronk. He's not a monster like Kyle Pitts or, or some of these guys. But, but he could really be a, a nice security blanket for your boy, Captain Kirk. And I will take it because Kyle Rudolph's gone. I will take it because the offense is opening up a little bit. And I'll take it because you called it out. So, AJ, what do you, <laughs> what, 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 what do you think about Irv Smith? And uh, who's a guy that you're high on as uh, you got one more for me? I love the Earth Irv Smith take, and I've been uh, getting a few Irv shares this off-season because he's relatively cheap still. Uh, and, you know, if you're in a startup too and you kind of miss the top tight ends, or even if you get one of the top tight ends and you want your second tight end, Irv you can often get quite late too. So uh, He's a great third-year breakout. Going into year yeah. three is a, great, is a great breakout year for tight ends in general. Yeah, but speaking of tight ends, <laughs> because I've got another tight end as a riser. And uh, I haven't even stood up and you can, you're can saying that about me. Thanks, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anthony Ferkser. Ferkser. Rolls off the tongue like a brick. A- Anthony Ferkser. Um, now, here's a guy who's pretty much under the radar and he's he's on some waiver wires even. Uh, but I don't think that's going to be the case for very much longer, and people just aren't talking about him. But, you know, he finished as the tight end 27 last year, right? So obviously that's not very spectacular. 39 receptions, 53 targets, 387 yards, one touchdown. But, of course, uh, his main competition in the offense was Jonu Smith is gone. Jonu Smith had a 69% of uh, snap share, and Ferkser had 32% of snaps he was on the field for. And Jonu's numbers last year were 41 receptions from 65 targets, very similar there, 448 yards, so a little bit higher, which you'd probably expect from the tight end one in the in that offense, but eight touchdowns. Um, 
he did also have two rushes for four yards and another touchdown. So, like, in total, nine touchdowns that has gone from that Titans offense, not even mentioning the wide receiver core. Um, so that is really where Ferkser could uh, make a big impact. I mean, not only is he probably going to get more targets and more receptions, more yards, etc., but he only had one touchdown last year. So the possibilities, I think, are quite high. Now, you might have been hesitant on Ferkser prior to the draft, but the Titans didn't draft a, a rookie tight end, right? So they left that position um, vacant. The only other tight end on the roster is Jeff Swain. So, you know, mic drop on that. Uh, and, you know, all reports out of OTAs has been really impressive. Ferkser is being is, – is busy in OTAs. They're working him and he looks really, really good. Mate, he's getting uh, a stack of balls. He's getting a stack of balls. That... He is. Okay. You just look at the yeah. offense. Obviously, they lost Corey Davis. And you just look at that Titans offense, and I and I can hear the naysayers right now saying, oh, but it's a running offense, AJ. Well, well, come on. You've got, you've got AJ Brown there, who people draft as like a top five uh, dynasty wide receiver and tell me that, it's a, that there's no targets in this offense. That's ridiculous. Um, you know, you've got you've got AJ Brown and Ferks are probably might be number two in the pecking order. Who knows? And soon and soon to be. Oh, I dropped him. <laughs> maybe. Well, maybe. And even if so, I don't care because of Jonu Smith leaving the building. I think there's plenty of opportunity. Well, I like that. So I was doing a little research again. This is the great part of. Uh, having two co-hosts tonight is that I have a little time to do a little research on my, my other monitor for those watching on YouTube. And the Tennessee Titans, even if they get Julio, the Tennessee Titans have the second most vacated targets from 2020. The Tennessee Titans have 215 vacated targets. So Julio could come in and instantly take 120 targets. Hell, he could take 145 targets and still leave somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 targets for Ferkser. And on top of what he got last year, I'm not saying it's all going to go to those guys. They did sign Josh uh, Josh Reynolds, a guy that I'm kind of intrigued by as well. By the way, side note for my research, do you know who had the most vacated targets going into this year? The Detroit Lions, 313 oh. vacated targets. That's so, because they so, all left. So, so to think that DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson and Amon Ross St. Brown, if you don't think those guys are going to be target magnets, get the hell out of here. Those guys are going to absolutely feast, especially because Amon Ross St. Brown, all those guys, Swift, Hawkinson, St. Brown, they all work in the comfort zone that uh, is – Mr. Jared Goff. My final guy, I'm going to go with a tight end as well. Let's close this out with a tight end. My, my guy is Mr. Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett of the Seattle Seahawks. He's playing with a guy in Russell Wilson. And the last time, now mind you, in the, in, since then, I'm going to talk about Jimmy Graham in just a second. But since then, uh, before they continued to get injured, you saw serviceable tight end play from guys like Jacob Hollister. Will Disley, um, Luke Wilson. And the last time that he had what I would consider to be a competent athletic tight end in Jimmy Graham, in three years, Jimmy Graham averaged 57 catches, 700 yards, and six TDs a season in three years with Russell Wilson. If you just turn that into not tight end premium points, but if you turn that just into regular PPR points, that's 163 
PPR points. Now, 163 PPR points last year would have been good for tight end 7. Two years ago, it would have been good for tight end 8. And three years ago, it would have been good for tight end 6. So to think that, and by the way, his ADP per Fantasy Pros, he is currently going as tight end 25 off the board in a startup right now. So a guy that in two QBs, a guy that's worth a flyer. And I posted this earlier on my Twitter at DWZ Memphis, uh, a picture of his screenshot from player profiler, uh, an exceptionally dominant college player, an exceptionally dominant athlete. And uh, I'm looking for big things. And by the way, an offensive coordinator that he worked with in LA, I think the recipe of Russ, the offensive coordinator, the need for, uh, a tight end in this offense is going to be great things for Gerald Everett. Now, now, gee, I saw you kind of light up a little bit when I said Gerald Everett. Are you a fan? Not a fan? Oh no, I lit up when you you brought talk about another tight end because oh. I've actually written down three tight ends for positives. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Yes. So okay, well, uh, no, when, when you mentioned another one, I said, mate, that's that's another one I forgot about. You know, tight end is such a barren wasteland of trash. Exactly. And it, 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 you're, you're just grasping at straws. But uh, I want to thank you guys for jumping on with me. Uh, it's been great catching up. You know, now, I know you guys are coming back in a couple of weeks. We're going to do some IDP. Now, you, now, 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 now G is a great IDP player, but this guy in the Chargers hat oh. right here, um, I, I had to get inside his head. I made a move. I'm just going to tell him about, about a move that I made in a, a league we're in called Rockolution. It is an IDP league. We start 10 on offense. We start 10 on defense. And I had to think like AJ. I know he was coming up. I know he goes linebacker because he's a very savvy ADP guy. And I had to slingshot in front of him. But then I got then I got G on the way back. I got the guy from uh, Bolton from, from Kansas. So I, so I got AJ with, with Parsons. And I got G with Bolton. So, uh... What do you guys have for me? Now, I've seen you guys on YouTube. I know you guys are uh, uh, locked down. When can we expect some more Aussie guys content? Well, we need to uh, – we're going to get Matt Waldman back on for a bit of a post-draft RSP kind of chat, uh, rookie landing spots and that sort of thing. And we're going to get into our team previews, which is really on me to start getting my butt in the gear and organise. But we'll start getting into those. Um, but yeah, up for an IDP chat for sure. Um, actually it'd be, it'd be good G for us to, um, get, I think last year we, we got the read and react guys. I think we got Tom Kislingbury on to chat IDP. So that can be good fun. We might, we might schedule something like that as well. Yeah. And, and look, you were talking about the Rock Evolution League and you, you did have a stand. You knew that what had gone, what was available on offense and you knew, me and AJ, we talk about what we're doing. We don't, we don't collaborate or anything, but we both know each other and we were both going linebackers with our next pick. And I think you were one before or two before AJ and then I was straight after AJ. And then, you, mate, I, I rang AJ straight away and said, fucking Randy, he's worked <laughs> us out. He knows what we're going to do because that's exactly <laughs> what we, we were going. Because you've got to look for, you know, where the value is and the value in the offense had gone and it was swung around to the defense and mate, we were going to nail the linebacking position. Uh, and yeah, I was, I started cursing, you know, half an hour before my pick. You know, that that's one thing is that you can find people in your, even in your own league, here's a little tip for you. You can find people in your own league that, that you respect and you want to emulate because 
my first foray into IDP was three years ago, maybe four years ago, when we did the league with John and the FF fellas at the time, and um, I don't know, Sipes and so many other people, and I, I, it was my first one. And I did okay, but I didn't do great. And I started seeing what you guys were doing. And uh, you know, G, uh, AJ won the league last year, and you won it two years ago, or the, the, the very first one. So, And yeah, based so around defense, really. Defense won it for AJ last year, and defense won it for me the year before. It, 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 it makes it – I don't want to get too deep into our IDP. I want to save a little, yeah. but we'll give a little teaser for people coming back. If you've never played uh, IDP, first of all, it's very maddening. It's very frustrating. <laughs> the the talent at the top of the top positions, especially like defensive end, and if it's like a high-scoring defensive tackle, we're going to get into all of that. So I, I don't want to ruin – I just want to thank you guys. Um, again, I didn't have a co-host tonight. I thought I was getting just G. And uh, we, we made the best of a bad situation because these poor guys are in lockdown. America just straight up doesn't give a shit. We're just half vaccinated. And we have states, you know, trying to uh, offer bribes to get people to come get vaccinated. We're not going to go down that road. But thank you for taking your uh, your lockdown to spend some time with me talking football. Uh, no, mate, I'm glad to come on. Hey, can I just give you can I just give you a couple of guys that we didn't talk about? Yeah, I'll just say that. their names just Hell quickly. Yeah. Throw it out there. Uh, at the tight people. end position for for people that um, are looking for tight ends, Harrison Bryant, someone I think maybe not so much this year, but definitely next year. I think you'll find that um, that uh, David Njoku will be gone. This uh, is I think. A, that, uh, this is a very pro Harrison Bryant shot, my friend. Yeah, uh, Austin Hooper, um, they overpaid for him. He's a cap uh, casualty Har- next year. Yes, without a doubt. Uh, and another guy that I've got is, um, which people probably already have, but he might be floating around. That's Adam Troutman at the Saints. They have no tight ends. Two of them left. Hill, Hill left, uh, got picked up and then, and then retired. I think when he found out he was, uh, got picked up by Detroit Lions. And uh, that was Josh Hill. And the other one, obviously, was uh, Jared Cook left the building. So that's left it wide over for, um, for Adam Troutman to let's hopefully be the guy that you saw at Dayton. The competition wasn't great, obviously, but he absolutely murdered that that conference that he played in. And if you, that's what you have to do if you're good. And he, he played against lesser competition, 31 touchdowns, 178 receptions, and, and you know, over 2,000 total yards. Um, that That's another guy that uh, in, in that tight end bracket uh, that made me smile is someone you can go and uh, have a look. Yeah, you, if you're going to get uh, Troutman, you, you better do it now. Um, he's got a couple of national, big national name brands here in the States pumping his tires. He's got mm-hmm. the uh, he's got the, the fantasy football fellas. Um, excuse me, that's our old friend's. Kyle and Seth, the fantasy footballers, are talking big about Troutman as well as uh, Matt Kelly from, from Roto Underground. So a couple of bigger voices in the industry. So th- they're definitely high on him and for good reason. So, uh, G, as always, you're in great company. Uh, but but prices may be a little higher as uh, the expectation has been. By the way, I don't remember which pot I heard this. I think it was the footballers. That Adam Troutman was Pro Football Focus's number one ranked blocking tight end last year as a rookie, and I found that to be an extremely interesting stat. So uh, coaches like guys who can block. So that's one thing to watch for in camp as well is, is guys who can't block. 
at the tight end position, the running back position, they tend to struggle to get reps early. So I'm going to end this one with a positive note. Go get Adam Troutman per G. These guys are not fellow podcasters. These guys are my boys. These guys are like brothers to me. I said they're my brothers from down under. It is AJ. It is G at Aussie Guys NFL on Twitter. And on behalf of AJ and on behalf of G, I am Memphis. And here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just here to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Talk to you guys real soon. Thank you. Howdy, Warzone listeners. My name is Mike Casper, and I wanted to share why I've been a Warzone Patreon going on two years. I've been a member of quite a few other fantasy football Patreons and never had a one-on-one connection like I do with the Warzone host. Memphis has called me to discuss team-specific and rookie draft strategies multiple times, and that's something I've just never experienced anywhere else. Uh, Memphis has also given podcasting advice on a regular basis and supports the individual Patreons in sharing their talents with the group. The group chat is always active. There's no group think there. People are honest and willing to share their opinions. And last, the Patreon leagues are fun and always active in trading. I know one league had over 20 trades in a 24-hour time period. So if that's something you're interested in, sign up for the Patreon. The price stays the same, but the perks being a Patreon keep rising. I'll see you there and look forward to welcoming you to the family. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today and not only will you get the best trophies in the game today you can get a free championship ring up to a 59.99 value by entering in the promo code dwz ring you pick out your trophy which one do you like you put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZ ring, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring, and let's have a big season.